This is the I Am a Mainframer podcast, brought to you by the Linux Foundation's Open Mainframe Project. Episodes explore the careers of mainframe professionals and offer insights into the industry and technology. Now your host, Senior Analyst and Vice President of Sales and Business Development at Futurum Research, Stephen Dickens. Hello and welcome to the I'm a Mainframer podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Dickens, and I'm joined here today by Sean Chen from the Weather Corporation. Hey, Sean, welcome to the show. Thank you, Stephen. Happy to be here. So let's dive straight in. Tell the listeners and viewers here a little bit about your current role and what you do. Uh, Weather Corporation is a new venture and uh, just a little bit over one year old, but this is a would be the third uh, large project for me uh, using the mainframe, the latest uh, computing platform. What's it? Uh, Weather Corporation is uh, working on the very exciting project. We will um, roll out um, a sustainable local climate adjustment uh, solution to anywhere in the world, powered by the most powerful computers and the AI platform. Fantastic. So let's maybe start here and get a picture of you. The show is called I'm a Mainframer. Really want to understand a little bit about your journey. So maybe take us back, Sean. You're finishing college. You're starting to enter the workplace. What does that first role look like? And where do you start your journey in IT? Oh, um, yeah, I start journey IT a long time ago. And um when I finished college, I went to graduate school. So I was in the AI um, area. So called today's AI, there was a, like a 40 years ago, it was, it was a, AI was very theoretical part. So the mostly is the uh, pattern recognition, image recognition, voice mm-hmm. recognition, machine vision, called machine intelligence. And uh, my, um, that's where I started my first master degree uh, I, I have a more than one. So I first mass degree is on the um, a breakthrough uh, speaker independent speech recognition, which has, that's the first time I got into the AI and uh, no neural network. That's a very simple ones. And uh, because the computing capability at that time was uh, very limited, but that was the uh, first I get started. Okay, so maybe what was that first career move where did where did you go first sean where was the first company you worked uh, for the first company that was after i let's see um when i first got into industry research that's during my later stage of my phd uh, i i did some intern work in bell labs in the new jersey that was on the um, computer vision, and uh, which is also my PhD thesis. Uh, that was um, that's first. And then right after that, um, after my PhD, I the first the real full time work. Uh, it's in Silicon Valley, so I worked there for five years. Also, work on the um, also first generation of the handwriting recognition for the um, for the mobile device. If you remember, that was, uh, yeah, Apple has a so-called Newton and uh, Microsoft have a so-called the uh, pen window. 
and uh, uh, the startup I'm working with uh, in Silicon Valley becomes a third competitive uh, provider along with IBM. IBM has its own, then this company provides its own handwriting software and eventually licensed by uh, all the large PC manufacturers, including IBM. Um, I was uh, leading that efforts and uh, eventually the company went to uh, Nasdaq and etc. Fantastic. Fantastic. So when did you first start working with the mainframe? When did you first get onto the platform? Yeah, in the past 20 years, um, now it's the 2023, um, <clears throat> my, uh, I've worked through several mainframe large uh, systems, some largest systems in the world. So my first um, large project with mainframe is um, starting from 2003 until 2011 or 12. And uh, I was the chief engineer of the, of the one of the largest ticketing systems in the world. Okay. Uh, yeah, we used the mainframe, I think at that time the Z10 and the TPF. So I uh, worked very extensively with uh, just about all the largest ticketing system in the world from airlines, United American Delta to the GDSs, you know, travel port, um, Sabre, and uh, also uh, was the, uh, I said some largest ticketing system or transaction system in the world, including Marriott and the Chain Italia, SNCF, and even Visa. So, um, so we don't get many people on the show who've got a TPF background. Yeah, that's what the first one. Yeah, the yeah, second so one. Maybe tell us a little bit about your time working with TPF. It's a, it's some of the biggest mainframe deployments in the world, but not many customers in that space. And and pretty, uh, as I say, we don't get many people on the show who've worked in the TPF space. Okay, TPF I think stands for. If I'm wrong, uh, correct me. I think it stands for uh, transaction. Processing facility is a very uh, uh, traditional acronym. However, uh, as we know, the mainframe was built in the uh, 60s, uh, late 60s, last uh, century. Actually, mainframe was not built as a theoretical computer. It's, it's built as a, some foundational economy uh, needed a, a computing platform. So the mainframe designed from beginning it's to one of the enable um, airline reservation system, and uh, which is ticketing system real time, and uh, a retail like uh, one of the largest one is a Sears, right? Then a banking like a CICS. So we all know Kicks. So TPF is one of them, built from right beginning. Um, what I mean the right beginning is that uh, at that time the mainframe was not like a today, so you get a operating system, then you got a middleware, then you got a you know application, you got a front end. No, the mainframe was a was a one computer, monster computer with all the uh, blue screen terminals, right? <laughs> all the green screen terminals. So all the transaction doesn't matter anywhere in the world or at all the travel agencies and uh, uh, whoever uh, or all the airline uh, counters and uh, back end connect to the mainframe. So 
the mainframe designed from bottom up, from every bits and the bytes, uh, bottom up for that purposes. So they have a, uh, uh, the, the most the criteria for the uh, real-time ticketing system is that uh, you have to handle very large scale simultaneous transaction and uh, means that how many transactions per second and a very reliably, very uh, um, uh, fast and also maintain uh, uh, basically, you can say five nines or six nines, whatever the availability is. So in a practice, um, I know that some largest ticketing system even today, they've been using uh, TPF still on the back end, nothing to replace it. Because if you replace, you're going to do the same thing. And it just was another name. So um, they have, uh, uh, they have like for years, <laughs> for many years, uh, a zero downtime. Those are not even scheduled downtime. You know, when you do maintenance, when you do database consolidation, whatever you do, they don't need to turn down the machine or stop the application. That's what's meant for them very then top of that is very secure so security reliability and availability on top of those uh, uh, large amount of transactions uh, i can give you an example for the since you're asking tpf you know this uh um you know you you heard the word the pnr right and on the, all the airplane uh, reservation today you have a record number when you make a reservation in the travel travel portal or saber or something you've got a record number which inter, um, people also call a PNR. That's stand for uh, passenger uh, name record, PNR. So every time you got to order, you got to, um, you know, the query, the book, they got to order. So you have a PNR. In order for mainframe to handle this in the fast possible way, the PNR number actually is the, uh, is the address on the disk for that record data physically located. So you don't need another data to lookup table or index database and no, you just get that data and get to the address, get to the order. So it's a completely different. And I mean, I know this about TPF. I used to have the pleasure of sitting by one of the distinguished engineers who had a background in TPF. And he told me about from a system design perspective, it's just completely optimized for transactional speed it's not using any of those constructs that you would expect in sort of classical computing right you know where you've got a database you've got middleware you've got a sort of transactional front-end layer it's really as you say purely designed to drive transactional speed so let's move forward a little bit here so you spend some time on tpf what's the next role that you do after that what, where does your career take you next? Yeah, so we um, we'll just quickly wrap that one. That one's significant because uh, we needed to build is the uh, largest ticketing system in the world, and the people never seen that large. It's literally is designed for five billion tickets uh, per year. Now each ticket is involved in many transactions. It's so not just one transaction. You got a query. You're gonna book. A lot of people query to never book. Right? You got a book, but a lot of people book and never confirm. Right. So uh, you have to pick the day to pick the trip, uh, departure and arrival and time on the, on that, and uh, uh, you have to make sure the ticket's available. So when you book, you have to confirm it. So once you book, the seats is 
reserved for you shortly. Then you have confirmed. So there's many transactions. And uh, um, 5 billion tickets, that's uh, translated to a huge amount of transaction in terms of the uh, um, current market. So basically, you, if you add, that time was about uh, 500 million tickets per GDS. There's a three large GDS, there's a number of small ones. So if you, if you add all the three large GDS together and the time three, also not even 5 billion. So you can see how big the ticketing system is at. So in order to do that, um, the industry put it the best together, including IBM TPF solution. There was a huge x86 uh, solution, which is, uh, you know, best the computer from HP called Superdome. And then best the software from Oracle, um, you know, Oracle cluster enterprise. Uh, then the, that's another uh, system. So basically the three largest solution system you can put it together and uh, then we ran about a six months proof concept with the same data set same criteria uh on the three different sites and different teams they have to um, really run through the computational results then eventually compare compete <laughs> in that sense it's a large project so tpf win out that says uh, something about this uh fundamental um, system built on the mainframe. Mm -hmm. So the second one was uh, based on that uh, later on during this uh, 20, let's see, 2014 to 2018, uh, 2014, 2017. So that's the first time when Linux One announced. And uh, that time we are building uh, the largest uh, e-ticketing cloud service for the bus industry. The previous one was for the rail. And uh, this is for the bus industry. The bus industry is even bigger. Um, was, a, was, a, was a 20 billion tickets a year industry, but we're not trying to build a system for 20 billion tickets. We break out for each uh, provincial markets, which is uh, uh, roughly about a, a 1 billion tickets a year, still quite a large. But mostly is that you're going to have, uh, instead of one customer, you have a, a many customers, hundreds of operators. So we provide a cloud service. Uh, they don't have to do anything. They just uh, open the interface for their um, uh, uh, ticket inventory every day because they change, actually change all the time. And we running in their brand about all the uh, transaction and the sales channels and the back end transactions. Uh, because you can't, you have to maintain the high integrity of this uh, ticketing uh, inventory because you cannot sell uh, one seats and twice or more than one once, right? So we run uh, websites, mobile apps like uh, iPhone and uh, uh, Android, and the ticketing machines like uh, kiosks, and even we run this uh, boarding machines which you need to uh, check the tickets. Uh, so once the ticket is boarded, you cannot board again. So um, this is among all the stations. So we have a one system uh, running for all of our customers. So we started with a one customer, then later on becomes a pretty, pretty routine process. Whenever we sign the sales team, sign the enterprise, it's all enterprise customer. When we sign mm -hmm. the transportation group, then we have a routine. Basically, in a two weeks, we'll bring uh, all of the stuff online, and. Uh, 
before they have all kind of a problem and they they're totally new to e-ticketing they have no no IT team do that and uh, and have uh, some some of the customer put on their websites and they get hacked all the time <laughs> and so when when we do that takeover using a mainframe support that's a that was a Z12 on the Linux one and uh, we get rid of all those headaches. It's a safe, reliable, and we only have a one system to support. We have a very small IT team, but it also runs very, very smooth, very well. Okay, so you move from a, the online sort of travel world into a ticketing space for buses. Tell me about what you're doing at the Weather Corporation, if you can maybe spend a, a little bit of time, understand that's uh, maybe pre-launch. So share what you can with the listeners here, but really interested to know what you guys are doing. Yeah, well, can, um, at this time I can share you with a high level. And basically is that um, we use the historical weather data on the real-time sense data, large amount of thousands of sets and a chain uh, using deep learning chain and neural network models, which can uh, basically after the chain that becomes a, you can imagine that becomes a smart um, meteorologist, right? And they can uh, predict constantly based on the weather change that can predict that a specific airspace, specific weather parameters. And, uh, um, you know, 10 to 15 day ahead, just like weather forecasting. Um, by doing this, we can uh, accurately model um, any uh, model, the entire airspace for the weather point of view, entire model that for any given region. So combined with another technology and uh, the founder of this company has been working on for the past uh, 15, to 18 years is proving the markets. And um, that technology, uh, basically using a charger particle way and the, or called ionization way to uh, convert the moisture concentration into uh, water, fresh water. So when the mother nature is not ready to, to rain, actually mother nature, as we observed every day, um, 90% of chance when you have a moisture concentration, you don't rain. And it's only less than 10% chance when the mother nature lined up with things together, temperature, pressure, wind, and uh, um, they're gonna drop rain or snow. So Weather Corporation's new solution um, is using this fully leverages AI and we established the uh, um, detailed uh, model, weather model, so that we can combine it with the rainmaking technology so we can uh, intelligently um, leverage whatever the moisture concentration blowed over your space and we can have a strategy to uh, make the rains, make it the fresh water. Remember the fresh water, it's something um, you cannot dig from ground and you cannot make in a factory, it's nature. So the fresh water we got today from rain, it's the same water 
you know, uh, from the last ice age, right? <laughs> the last dinosaurs about 120,000 years ago. That's what the same water. You don't get more, you don't get less. Yeah. Fantastic. Sounds fascinating. So, Sean, I always ask a couple of questions on the show, and I'm, I'm super fascinated to get your answers. Um, you sound like you've had a really eclectic and sort of interesting career over the mainframe. So maybe let's start to look ahead. You've got a crystal ball. You can start to look maybe three to five years out. Where do you see the mainframe in that time horizon? Where do you see things going? Yeah, I'll just give a perspective from my own point of view. I could be wrong. And, um, but uh, with my past 20 years on the different mainframe, we do have a good sense of the, the past and the corporate priority and strategy of IBM. So um, what I see is that uh, uh, mainframe, probably as the only left mainframe <laughs> computing system, it's uh, as a very solid in a high integrity computing system. Uh, it's, it will continue to play the backbone of uh, many of aspects of the economy, just consumer don't see it. ordinary people you don't see it, mm -hmm. and you call nine one one and then you got a, you got a response. A lot of people don't know even nine one one was um, like in Los Angeles when you're the nine one one is running on TPF, and uh, for many years, and uh, um, you know there's many many examples on that. Um, so what I see is that uh, um, mainframe. Uh, in a few, few years from now will be uh, integral parts of this uh, uh, IBM push the so-called hybrid hybrid cloud. So you have a, if a quantum computing, by the way, IBM is the first commercial quantum computers is in the field now, right? It's installed and running. And this year we'll take a second generation with more than a thousand qubit. And the last, the first one is uh, about 432 qubit as uh, Osprey. So, uh, it's in already in the f customer sites. I know there's a pipeline there, and there will be more than, uh, of course, it will be more than one customer site. So uh, with a with a, with this hybrid cloud uh, platform and uh, a framework, then you have a, a anywhere from a quantum computing to the mainframe and to the uh, edge computing, and to the, from private to public cloud. So um, I think those uh, were continuing playing uh, a critical role. Other system is very hard to replace. Yeah. yeah, I would agree. The other question I ask of all the guests, and I'm particularly interested in your answer to this, what advice would you give to the younger Sean as you were coming out of college? So you have the opportunity to go back, speak to yourself kind of age 21, 22, with the, but with the experience of hindsight, what what would you be what would you be saying? What would be your advice be? That'll be a you know everybody has their own life paths and there's so many exciting things to do right in your lifetime, in the world. And uh, you ask me, that'll be a very biased from my view and my past. Uh, AI. If you have any interest in that, get on the AI. Uh, take I a think that's very good advice for the time. Yeah, it's not just because of buzzword. And uh, I told you my first master's was uh, was on AI 40 years ago. So um, you can say I'm biased, but if you see, uh, 
um, from you know from the eighties to now, and uh, you don't. You have were to... just a trendsetter, Sean. That's all it was. You were a trendsetter early in your career. Yeah, you don't have to see very far because right now the CPU and the computing infrastructure has been reached a, a critical point that mm -hmm. yeah that a software can run fast enough. Now you have a you have a better algorithm called the modeling, right? <laughs> the deep learning and the, so that's what AI based on mostly. Now you can handle a huge amount of data, ocean amount of data in a fast speed. You can have uh, so many ways you can change your life. We're working on the weather. Climate was definitely is one aspect, but there are so many ways. And uh, if they just get off college and they can catch up quickly within a few years, there will be a, uh, you take the right of this wave, you will do something very, very exciting. Yeah, I'd agree. I think that's a great way to wrap here, Sean. I really enjoyed the conversation. Everybody, you've been listening to the I'm a Mainframer podcast. I'm Stephen Dickens. Please click and subscribe. We'd love to have you connected to our community here, and we'll see you next time. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for tuning in to I Am A Mainframer. Liked what you heard? Subscribe to get every episode, or watch us online at openmainframeproject.org. Until next time, this is the I Am A Mainframer podcast. Insights for today's mainframe professionals.